the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I do not live in a world of optimism. I live in a world of reality. My guest now, who has written a just come, it's just come out. Elizabeth Warren. That is not not she's not the guest. It's the book. Elizabeth Warren: How Her Presidency Would Destroy the Middle Class and the American Dream, and it is by David Bonson, B A H N S E N. He's a political writer, National Review, Forbes, his own Dividend Cafe, has a weekly podcast, Radio Free California, a regular guest for Fox Business, CNBC, and Bloomberg. So, welcome to the show, David Bonson. Good to be with you again, Dennis. So, uh, the uh, before the substance of your book, Apparently, she is somewhat of uh, a lead weight in water right now in terms of her candidacy. Do you agree with that? I do. There's really good news and really bad news. The really good news is that I think Elizabeth Warren's days as a viable candidate are numbered. The really bad news is that it is not because they are rejecting her ideas. They are just replacing her with a different candidate espousing the same ideas. That's a very intelligent uh, response. So uh, just out of curiosity, if it's not her ideas that are sinking her, what is? Ironically, I think she did it to herself, and this is what I mean. I think I have this little theory I've developed recently in, in politics that a really bad thing you go through may very well be what solidifies your political future. I think that... Jeremiah Wright helped Barack Obama for the simple reason that he survived it. Access Hollywood ended up helping Trump. He survived it. The Indian Native American nonsense from Elizabeth Warren, where she was caught in such an embarrassing lie, well, back in October when I wrote the book, it seemed to me she had survived that escapade and therefore had really become a strengthened and more robust candidate. But she refused to tell the American people what Bernie was willing to tell them, which is that she was going to have to raise taxes to pay for the 15th trillionth public spending program. And ironically, of all people, it was Mayor Pete who called her out on it, and she has not recovered from that moment. Oh, that's fascinating. That's what did it. It's, it that's, people, if people sense you're not leveling with them, uh, you're doomed in politics. I agree. I think that there's a sense that uh, Trump has been a, a really interesting learning experience for a lot of people at um, what brute honesty at times uh, uh, in terms of just saying hard things, uh, whether people like hearing it or not. It, it doesn't necessarily turn people off. And and I think that with Elizabeth Warren, she particularly was vulnerable here, Dennis. Yeah, all right, hold on there, and I want to hear why. Why? Well, that's the point we'll leave. Why was she particularly vulnerable? The book of, on Elizabeth Warren and how her presidency, he is showing in the book how her ideas, 
would destroy the middle class and the American dream. That's the subtitle. Again, it's Elizabeth Warren. So you were speaking about her vulnerability. Yeah, I think that she's unique, Dennis, and that she kind of built her value proposition as a candidate around this idea that she was this ideas candidate. And she very smugly says over and over again, I have a plan for that. I have a plan for that. And and in researching the book, there, there are 55 white papers that she has written on her website, uh, tackling some very granular uh, and niche issues all the way to kind of big, you know, very broad topics. Well, there was this one glaring omission, and that was how she was going to pay for a $30 trillion Medicare for all. Bernie said how he was going to pay for it. He said he was going to raise taxes on the middle class, but that their health care costs would go down. He could be right about that. He could be wrong. But that was his plan. That was his, you know, admission that there would be higher taxes. She over and over and over again refused to answer the question. And it was not a Republican. It was not even my book because of the time at the printer. In that interim period, it was Pete Buttigieg who called her out on it. And, and her campaign has been thinking ever since. It's that disingenuity of Elizabeth Warren versus the sort of sincere socialism of Bernie Sanders that I think accounts for the current political landscape. Since you studied Elizabeth Warren, what is your assessment of what makes her tick? I know what, I know um, the word, I, forgive me, yeah. I just want to say, I think everybody does believe, uh, I think he's a fool, Bernie Sanders, but I think he's a sincere fool. Uh, which doesn't sincerity is, is not a virtue when you're a fool, but but I do people even I believe he believes what he says. So what? So he is ideologically driven and, and presumably ambitious. Nobody runs for president if they're not, but that's okay. What makes her tick? Well, I actually believe she is deeply ideological. And that that is worse than if she were purely opportunistic. Her problem is that in her ideology and and vertical mobility, she believes that she has to sort of uh, uh, walk a fine line to maintain political viability, and she isn't very good at doing it. She hasn't found the right way that she can maintain popularity with college students and maintain street cred in cosmopolitan Ivy League circles while at the same time getting political traction as this Oklahoma Midwestern grandmother. Uh, It's a tall order to be popular in Oklahoma and at the Harvard faculty lounge. So, So that's not to say that she doesn't believe the things she's saying. Her 2003 book, to income trap has some really astute observations in it and and I think very interesting economic commentary on the challenges of modern feminism. I think it was the financial crisis and her time in, in the Obama administration that radicalized her around financial regulation and caused uh, the the entire sort of movement of what she stood for to go to the far left. That's fascinating. When did she write that book? 2003. She co-wrote it with her daughter. And and speaks out for school choice, speaks out against wealth redistribution, uh, uh, slams Joe Biden, slams Hillary Clinton. This is 2003. 
I don't think anybody believed that she was thinking about being a future presidential uh, rival uh, against Biden or Hillary Clinton then, 17 years ago. No, no, including and her. Right. So, including, uh, you know, all right. So what happened? I, you said she got radicalized in the, during the Obama years. I, I mean, uh, has she uh, renounced her book? Oh, she has. She republished it and took the forward out. She took the materials out that I'm complimenting. So I have a whole chapter in my book about this this escapade where the two income trap actually kind of has some great observations, and she now has republished it without the good stuff and, and renounced it, saying she's grown now in her understanding of, of feminism. But it, the type of stuff she was saying, Dennis, is really stuff you probably have been saying yourself on the show for a long time. It, it's just a very indisputable commentary that there become you replace one challenge with another with two income homes and that her argument was that we kind of created a society that was dependent on two incomes but then when one income went away um, there wasn't the safety net there used to be. She wasn't making any argument against two-income families. She was just sort of making pretty vanilla economic commentary, and and now she's totally walked away from it. Um, so I, I think that she is sincere, but I think it was her uh, mantle being given to her to regulate the financial services system that she really uh, started publicly advocating for very All right, you, you, you've studied her. If in 2003 somebody had said, uh, Professor Warren, uh, would you, in your fantasies, would you like to be president of the United States, what would she have said? I don't think there was any indication that she had such political aspiration or mobility in 2003. None. I think it was all uh, a very quick uh, journey after Obama uh, appointed her to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Which was in 2000. So she had a taste of power. She got a taste of power and influence. She wasn't just a, a, a figurehead. She had mm-hmm. incredible authority and was never appointed or confirmed by Congress. Eventually had to walk away, but in that interim, she put together a group that at one point had 100 employees, now has thousands of employees that have no oversight in the federal government. Okay, we'll be back. This is truly... Uh... That have no oversight in the federal government. Okay, we'll be back. This is... The book is Elizabeth Warren, How Her Presidency Would Destroy the Middle Class and the American Dream. It's obviously done a, an extensive study of Elizabeth Warren. It, it's so obvious to people like us that that's exactly what her ideas or Bernie Sanders' ideas, frankly, any of the Democrats' ideas would, would do. So as a final question... What, what has happened that the American people would vote for somebody who would be so destructive? Well, this is where I really think my new book on Warren connects to my other book on the crisis of responsibility that uh, you and I discussed in an earlier show. I think that there's a segment of the population, and I most certainly hope it is much less than half. I guess we're going to find out. But I think there's a segment of the population that is bought into a Marxian view of society. And by Marxian, I do not mean an inflammatory or a militaristic 20th century communist type of context. I mean it culturally. They bought into a culturally Marxist view that views life with them as an oppressed and someone else as an oppressor. 
and that oppressor in Elizabeth Warren's world and Bernie Sanders' world is a bank or an executive or a millionaire or an entrepreneur. And, and somehow the, uh, a segment of the population is bought into the idea that the problems and challenges they face in their life are the fault of successful people. It goes down to the Tenth Commandment of the Decalogue. It is covetousness. It is envy. And it represents a moral problem far more than a political one. And it is the single issue I've chosen to dedicate my life to. Well, you're a kindred spirit, my friend. Where do, you, where do you live? In Newport Beach, California, half the year, and New York City, half the year. So what I'm you, not very you, good at you, tax yeah, planning. You, you, sir, are somewhat of a masochist. <laughs> My God, New York and California. I'm sure you'd say California and, and Arizona or California and Florida. <laughs> well, your book is up at my website. I, I really uh, urge people to read it and... Uh, Next time you publish a book, you'll be on the Dennis Prager Show. Thank you, Dennis. Appreciate it very much. Yes, he has earned it. See, that's the question. Why would so many Americans vote for somebody? Whether it's Elizabeth, it's any of the Democrats now. Joe Biden tweets that the great civil rights issue of our time is the transgender. If I could ask Joe Biden only one question, it would be, is it fair for biological men who say they're women to compete in sports against biological women? That's the only question I would ask Joe Biden. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.